Morning, class. Good morning, Christ. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. God's will is that we overcome and win and triumph, and then we win again. And then went again and went again. In fact, the scripture said he always causes us to triumph. If we'll follow him, that'll be the outcome and result. Now, that doesn't mean you never have any challenge. How could you have a triumph without an issue? Right? How could you overcome if there wasn't something to come over? <laughs> and so there are things in this life to come over. And when you first come in contact with them and they first happen, you first have to try to start dealing with them, they can seem insurmountable. They can seem impossible. But nothing is impossible with our God. Nothing is too big. And that's where faith comes in. That instead of looking at how terrible the problem is, how horrible the situation might be, instead of looking at yourself how inadequate you feel to deal with this. You got to get your eyes off of that. You got to get your eyes off of you. You got to get your eyes on Him. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Get your eyes on Him. And looking to Him, you can receive what you need. And He will infuse you and I with strength, grace, help, wisdom. And with enough of His help, we can overcome anything. Is that right? We are not enough by ourselves, but we're not by ourselves. And with enough of His help, enough of the manifestation of the greater one inside us, we can receive anything. We can overcome anything. We can do anything He tells us to do by His help. Get your Bible, get something to make a note with, come on into the classroom. Let's release faith to receive more of that today. Father, thank you. Thank you that for our existence. Thank you for the, the great privilege of knowing you and belonging to you and being in, in your family, your forever family. We reach out to you today for that that we need to, to walk and live in this life and overcome. We know this life is very, very brief, very short. But you have a plan and a purpose for us to accomplish before we get out of here. And we know it will involve faith. And so we, we ask for that which we need add to us more and more grace. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look please in Hebrews 3 and also in 1 Corinthians 10. Hebrews 3, 1 Corinthians 10. On our main text that we've been talking about. Um, overcoming unbelief. In fact, let's just start today in 1 Corinthians 10. 
All these scriptures are so good, I tend to try to preach on them. So we need to <laughs> uh, redeem the time. In 1 Corinthians 10, he talks about that our fathers were under the cloud and passed through the sea and baptized unto Moses. They ate the same spiritual food. They drank the same spiritual drink. They drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ, 1 Corinthians 10, 4. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now, we were talking about yesterday what pleases God and what doesn't please God. We saw Hebrews eleven six: without faith, it is impossible to please Him. So, it, it's not optional. Faith is not optional. It is required. It is expected. God expects us to have faith. We saw that in, in Mark 16 and 14 when Jesus, you know, uh, Mary had told them, the disciples, that Jesus was not in the tomb and he had raised from the dead and they didn't believe her. And then two others saw Jesus as they walked along the road and they came and rushed back and said, look, we saw him, we saw him. And they didn't believe them either. And so when Jesus appeared and they were sitting at the table eating, the first thing he did was correct them. He upbraided them. Now you got to think how important this must be. This is the first time they've seen him since the cross <laughs> and death and burial and resurrection. And the first thing he does is correct them. <laughs> Can you see that? Why? You might say, well, was that really necessary? Are you really going to ask that question? Do you know who you're talking about? <laughs> it must be. Why? Because living by faith and responding by faith is the key to everything. Not having faith is why people are going to hell. It's the most serious thing you could talk about. And it's a choice. Now, he, he's not, he's not going to stay mad at these guys and upset with them for any period of time. But he's letting them know they missed an opportunity. When Mary told them, he's not there. And I, he's not in the tomb. And then I saw him. She said, I saw him. Well, why would she just make that up? And lie to, to them. They could have said, yeah, you saw him. I saw him. It's him. He's alive. They could have started saying, well, you know, he said. Right? On the third day, he said he had power to take up his life again. The scripture said they could have chosen to believe, which is why he corrected them. If they couldn't have believed, he wouldn't have corrected them. Yeah, that wouldn't be fair. And so uh, he upbraided them for their unbelief and for their hardness of heart because they refused to believe. So unbelief displeases him. Faith pleases him. Do you want to please God, yes. child of God? Well, it is impossible <laughs> to please him without faith. And to yield to unbelief is for sure going to displease him. Doesn't mean he doesn't love you anymore. Doesn't mean he's throwing you away or writing you off. It just means, how many understand you can love somebody without being pleased with what they're doing? Certainly. You can. He can. And so uh, 
Verse 5 says, with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. He wasn't pleased with that. One of the big reasons why God is not pleased with unbelief is because it destroys people. And it's not His will that any be destroyed, that any perish. Was He pleased with them wandering around in circles out there in the wilderness year after year after year while their brief life was wasted in this desolate? No, that's what didn't please Him. And the thing that caused it didn't please Him. Can you see both the cause and the effect? Displeasing to God. He doesn't want you and I in lack. He doesn't want us in depression. He doesn't want us in failure. He doesn't want us missing out what He has for us, which would mean you're displeased with what's causing that, the unbelief. And so verse 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, it mentions different expressions of this unbelief. Lusting after evil things, being an idolater, committing fornication, tempting Christ. Verse 10, neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. All of those things he just mentioned are expressions of unbelief. Verse 11, now all these things happen to them for examples, and they're written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore let him that thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Are there really important lessons for us to learn about what happened to them in the Old Testament? Yes, there is. So let's go back and look at it again. Exodus, the 15th chapter. Exodus 15. We know from uh, the book of Numbers that there were 10 specific events leading up to them missing God's will uh, in Canaan's land. The first one we saw was here in Exodus 14 where uh, they were up against the Red Sea and Pharaoh's army was bearing down on them. They missed an opportunity to, uh, to believe God. And they, they uh, let's, just, let's just back up and read it again. Exodus 14, verse 10, When Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes. The Egyptians marched after them. They were sore afraid. Verse 11, they said to Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore, why have you dealt with us like this, to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? It had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. What is this, class? What is this? What did you just hear? unbelief, and it is displeasing to God. Did they have to say that? Did they have to respond that way? No matter how you feel, no matter how much pressure you're feeling and under, it's still your choice as to whether you doubt and fear or whether you believe and trust. It's always your choice. Said out loud, faith is a choice. Fear is a choice. It's always a choice. Nobody, oh, this is good news, child of God. Nobody can make you fear. 
just like no one can make you believe. It's entirely in your control within your heart, your own inner being. It's a choice. You might say, well, yeah, you know, somebody, you know, could uh, put a gun in your face and, and make you afraid. No, they can't make you afraid. <laughs> Even if they shot you, you could die and never be afraid. I don't know if y'all are listening or not. Huh? Fear is a spiritual force you either yield to or resist. And I don't care if it startled you, if it shocked you, if the hair stood up on the back of your neck and your arms and your knees are bumping together, you still haven't lost the battle to fear. Those are all just symptoms of fear. It's still up to you whether you accept it and yield to it or whether you resist it. Still up to you. And the same thing, you can have every evidence of God being good, of God being faithful, of God being gracious, of His power, of His love, and you can still not believe. You can still not believe. You can see a hundred miracles and still not believe. Because it's a choice. Say it out loud. Fear is a choice. Faith is a choice. What about you? I choose to believe. Now, when I say that, I don't mean just believe anything and everybody. I mean believe God. Amen. You should not trust everybody. You should not be quick to trust people you don't know. That's, that's not smart. That's foolish. But God, who's never lied to you, who cannot lie, who's never failed, who has the power to bring to pass everything he said, you got no reason to doubt him. None. And you won't have in the future. So uh, you can go ahead and just make up your mind. If God said it. I choose to believe it. I don't, I don't have to know anything else. Who said it? God. Okay. It's right. You had not heard the rest. I don't have to hear the rest. If he said it. It's right. If he said he'd do it. He'll do it. And so. Here is the language of belief. And this is actually murmuring. Uh, though they didn't use the word here, you'll see what I'm, what I'm talking about as we go. And in, in, in practically all of these instances, this is a, a constant you'll find, the murmuring. And it's one of the, one of the main things that really uh, displeased God and, and actually angered him. And we'll see as we look into these accounts, at the last there, he said, he said, I hear your murmurings that you murmur against me. And that's when they got the word, they're not going into the promised land. And it was going on all the way back here. And this, what is murmuring? We're going to see this as we go forward, but let me give you the definition, which is, to me, very interesting. We talked about this, I believe, in last week's uh, lessons. But the, there's two main Hebrew words for murmur. And uh, one of them, the main one here, means to stop. <laughs> to stop and stay permanently. To remain. And the first time I heard that, I thought, huh? Because 
I thought it meant grumbling. It does mean grumbling. But the two are overlap. The other word uh, means obstinacy. Obstinacy. Which is, uh, you know, we'd say stubbornness. And the picture of stubbornness is that you won't move. Are you getting the picture now? Like a, like a stubborn mule that the owner's trying to coax and get to move and, and, and pull the wagon and, and, and it just sits down in the road. <laughs> Mule-headed. You ever heard of that? Hard-headed. Stubborn. Murmuring is an expression of that. You can't make me. You can't make me. And what, what it uh, amounts to is you can't make me believe. And that is one of the worst things that could possibly happen to any human being on the planet ever. You get in that place. You get hard-headed, hard-hearted, stiff-necked and say, I don't care what they say. I don't, I don't believe all that. Well, then you will perish. If you don't repent, you will perish. That's the only other outcome. And is that what happened to these folks? Did they eventually, even though God gave them multiple additional opportunities to get it right, at every juncture they did the same thing, they chose the same thing, and they talked the same obstinate, murmuring, grumbling. Why am I talking about this? You want to know what this looks like and sounds like so that you identify it. And if it's coming out of your mouth, you stop it. Is that right? If it's coming out of somebody else's mouth, you're not in control of them, but you you make up your mind. You're not letting that influence me. You're not letting that get in, in you. And if you have to, you distance yourself from them. You give yourself some space. So that you don't let that infect you. Because it is contagious. Fear is contagious. Unbelief is contagious. Faith is contagious. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, it is. It's catching. <laughs> but uh, you see in this murmuring language, you'll see complaining and you'll see blaming. Do you hear these words? Complaining. And when I say complaining, it's it's being negative. Let's read it again. When Pharaoh drew near, verse 10, they saw his armies coming. Verse 11, they said to Moses, Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you've taken us to die in the wilderness? They're talking death. The enemy is always trying to get death in your mouth because he wants to work death in your life. And if he can't get you to cooperate with him, he's blocked, he's hindered, he wants you. And have you noticed how much death there is in popular phraseology? Huh? (laughs) Dying to go. That just kills me. Huh? 
uh, tickled me to death. Thought I'd die. <laughs> huh? Now see, the, the, the enemy wants you to think it's funny. Huh? He wants you to think it's funny, but he wants you to keep saying it. Oh, come on, can you see this? Why, why isn't it popular to say, it tickled me to life? I thought I'd live. <laughs> huh? See, that sounds strange. You know why? Because Satan's the God of this world. And he has permeated this ungodly world with the spirit of defiance and rebellion and unbelief and death. With him, oh, it gets old. Death in the morning, death at noontime, death when the sun goes up. All he wants you to do is talk about dying, 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 death, and all that's associated with it. We're not going to make it. It's too much. It's too hard. I just can't. I just can't. He wants you to say it another thousand times. Why? So he can, his, his imps can work in your life and influence to the point where you can't. And it'll be completely fair because you said it. You said it. But man, if you wake up, if you get smart, you wouldn't say those things. You treat them like the most foul cuss words. Come on, you understand what I'm saying? You would not say it. You would not say, I don't claim to do this perfectly, but I, I watch this some in my own life. And man, you, could, you couldn't beat me with a bat and make me say some things. I believe in the power of my words. And you're not going to get me to say that we're going under. You won't hear me say that. I assure you. You listen to Brother Keith from now to the point he's gone. You will never hear Brother Keith say <laughs> We're not going to make it. We are going to make it. We're going over big for God. And anything God tells me to do, you will not hear me say I can't do it. Because if he told me to do it, his commands are enablings and empowerments. And I can. I can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Are you seeing class this this? Light and darkness, life and death, difference between faith and unbelief. Hmm? And we have a part to play in this. It's not just all up to God. We have a part to play in this. And so when they saw, you know, they're, we, we need to be uh, aware they're feeling pressure. And you don't want to act like, well, it's, it, it's nothing. What would you have said if you were there? I know you've, you've had all these faith school classes. <laughs> so you've got a heads up and advantage. But if you try to put yourself in their place and, and Pharaoh's army is bearing down on you and the Red Sea, you've got nowhere to go and um, it looks like you're about to die. One thing you need to realize, dying is not the worst thing that can happen to you. Huh? No. Dying is not the worst thing that can happen to you. I want you to say it out loud. Dying, Dying is not the worst thing the worst that can happen to me. Not even, close. not even close. Hold your place here and go to Hebrews, the second chapter.
what you'll see is that these, uh, these Israelites, they never got free from the fear of death. That's why you hear them talking about dying. They were afraid to die. The fear of death gripped them and, and held them in a vice-like bondage. But it was their choice to yield to it. In Hebrews 2, Hebrews 2 and 14, it says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he, Jesus, also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. Did Jesus do it? Did he do it? Then did he destroy or undo uh, the enemy's power of death? He did. And verse 15, the result of that is that to deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Fear of death makes you subject to bondage. Fear of death prevents you from being free. Fear of death prevents you from having peace. If these people standing here watching these armies come against them, if they had been free from the fear of death, would they have responded differently? Yeah, you would not have just panicked. Oh God, we're going to die. We're going to die. We're going to die. We're going to die. We're all going to die. Are you just not realizing that you're not living down here forever? All of us are going. Soon and very soon. If you live a hundred years, it's going to come and go so fast. And if you're born again, if you're a child of God, you know exactly what happens. You slip out of your body like a hand comes out of a glove. And your angel will be right there. And the glory of God will meet you. And you'll depart. And go to be with Christ. Which is far better than being here. And your relatives that are already gone on and your friends will meet you when you get there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And there's a lot of folks there you never met. You're going to really like. Why should you have to be gripped in the vice of fear of death when that's what death is for you, for the believer? When you get free from fear of death, you're only then ready to live. You're only ready to live, really live, freely when you're no longer afraid to die. Everybody said out loud, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. And when I die, and when I, die I, will I will depart and go to be with Christ, be with Christ. which is far better, is far better than, being here. than being here. I'm not afraid to die, so I'm not afraid to live. Hallelujah. 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 Woo. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, our, our time is up again. Uh, let's say it like we do. I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome the world by faith. I am strong in faith, giving glory to God. Well, I believe we're making progress, class. Come back tomorrow. There's a lot more to see. We'll see you soon back here in Faith School. I've got the victory.
Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.